0: And welcome to Fruit Loops, episode 120. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. So sweet. We're so happy you're here. Uh, Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and the victims that we don't hear or know much about. Contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are straight, cis, white dudes. No, ma'am, They are not. It's true. It's true. It's hard to believe. We're still trying to convince people. People are still (laughs) flabbergasted that there are serial killers of color. But let me tell you it's true now there are many well-documented cases of these serial killers of color and fruit loops is a podcast all about them we will take deep dives into the fascinating lives and crimes of serial killers and true crimes committed by people of color and the victims that the media and entertainment commonly leave out because the news is racist
1: allegedly and we are wendy and beth she's wendy i'm beth we're not journalists investigators or psychologists just a couple of gals interested in true crime. Also, the opinions expressed in this podcast are just that, our opinions. Please send any questions or comments to fruitloopspod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 602-935-6294. And we may feature it on a future episode. Also, our
0: website is fruitloopspod.com, and we use Fruit Loops Pod for all our social media. The footnotes for each episode can be found on our website, plus check it out for the different ways that you can
1: support the show and become a Fruit Loops patron. Yeah. So, who?
0: are we talking about today, Beth?
1: Today we're getting into part two of the case of Philip onyancha and his victims. Mm. To recap, onyancha is a confessed serial killer and rapist in Kenya. He's confessed to killing eight sex workers in the town of Thika in 2010, and he also confessed to murdering other women and some children throughout Kenya. If you've not listened to part one of our coverage of the case, stop the episode right now, go on back, listen to that, and come back here and we'll be waiting for you. That is correct. Uh, but until then, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I've been uh, pretty busy at work and at home my internet's been uh, really unreliable. So it's been annoying yeah. and has interrupted some of our researching and recording. And uh, we were afraid this wasn't going to happen. But here we are. And in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, I'm good. Won't he do it?
0: I am (laughs) telling... Hallelujah! We made it today, folks. Fam, here we are. Woo! Look at God. All right. Uh, well... (laughs) I don't remember what I was talking about because the internet cut out as soon as I started talking about the internet.
1: So, um, so let's not talk about that anymore. Let's
0: not talk about that. Oh, Mother's Day is coming up. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um you are a mother. I am. I am a mother. Do you have any wishes on, or do you have a wish list?
1: No, I don't expect anything, actually. I usually, you know, just get a card or something. So
0: That's sweet, though. Yeah. When, you know, I mean, I think when I'm older and I'm more established and have more like more like a real bag, I could get my mom some like really substantial stuff. But yeah. for now, cards <laughs> will do. However, I did find a company on the Internet that makes Exploding cards, exploding <laughs> cards! Wow. Yeah, they explode and a box comes out full of confetti. Oh my <laughs> there's, god! There's a safety <laughs> health warning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until she opens it. Oh, oh my god! Are so you got her one. Me now. <laughs> So I I I it was weird because my I was talking to my mom and she was like, "Hey, do you have anything, uh, you know, in your Amazon wish list?" Uh, and I was like, "What the fuck for?" And she was like, "Well, Mother's Day is uh Sunday," and I was like, "Oh." (laughs) Whoops. It it snuck up on us. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was the third week in May. What the fuck? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So my mom's getting an exploding card. (laughs) I hope she doesn't have a heart attack. And all I want is to sleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping would be good. Just let me sleep. So when my kids were little, they used to like make me breakfast. And one time they went down and got this gigantic card for me. I still uh-huh. have it cuz it was like the first time they ever like took the initiative to to do something like that. It was really cute. So oh I still have that gigantic
0: God. card. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, happy Mother's Day to everybody out there listening. Yeah. Um and uh let's let's get into some listener letters, shall we? Let's One moment, it. please. Let's Mosey on over to that bag.
1: Well, hello, angels. (sighs) Thank you. Thank you. What's in that bag, Beth? Well, I just wanted to say thank you to Harlem 304. I hate this shit. Oh, one. They didn't hate (laughs) us. (laughs) And Anna Alaya for your five star reviews on Apple podcasts. Oh, Yeah. Hip hop air horns to you. Absolutely. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It helps us a lot. So thank you. Thank you. And I also wanted to say thank you to Mike mm-hmm. for your comment on Podbean.
0: Hello, Big Mike. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we think you're amazing. We do. And we're so
0: thankful for you. Yes. And your thank kind you. words and your support. Um, well, this is exciting. We got some new patrons. Woo-hoo! So to <laughs> Yami S., Jillian L., Paul B., and Seth F., thank you all so much. And here yeah. are your tunes. I hope you don't hate them because it's too late for me to change them. So here we go. <laughs> Didn't even notice. No yummy left to roll with. You got to keep me focused. You want wanted say so. <laughs> uh, okay, and Jillian, this is for you. One, two, three, four, five. Jillian, get in the car. Come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. The Fruities want some gin and juice, but I really don't want to. And that's mambo number five for you, Jillian. <laughs> and Paul, here we go. Damn, it feels good to be a patron. Feeding the pod and helping out with our bills. <laughs> now, all I got to say to you, lovely, gonna be pod-loving Fruit Loops patrons is when Paul pulls up, what the fuck you gonna do? Damn, it feels good to be a patron. <laughs> I like that one. That's, that's me getting into my uh what is that movie called Office Space. Office Man, Space, yeah. Was, I love there that was so movie. much fuckery at work today. I just had that. I had that on repeat all damn day. Uh so that's for you, Paul. And uh Simp- Seth, this is for you. Okay. Oh, you're simply the Ceph. <laughs> Boom. Bum, better than all the sevens. <laughs> bum, bum, better than anyone. Bum, 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 any sev I ever met. Oh, I'm stuck on your pod <laughs> I hang on every word you say. <laughs> And that's it, y'all. Thank you so much for supporting our show.
1: (laughs) Love it.
0: Oh, so glad. If Beth likes it, that means at least one person did. Now, this is a two-parter, so uh, let's uh, get back into our subject and do a little recap. What do you got, Beth?
1: Well, in our last episode, we discussed the history of Kenya, Yancha's early life growing up on a tea farm, where he says he was molested by a nanny. Then his experiences at a boarding school in high school, where he claims that he became involved with a female teacher who introduced him to, quote, the underworld, and mm. he began hearing voices.
0: Oh, My, well, at the same time, Kenya was experiencing something of a satanic panic. And there were rumblings of devil worshippers practicing at Onyancha's high school, although
1: Philip was never accused of it. After he left school, trouble seemed to follow him. He was accused as a teenager of sexually abusing another student, and then as an adult of raping a neighbor. He did eventually marry, and he and his wife had a child. Neighbors and acquaintances described Anyancha as odd with a volcanic temper. Doesn't sound fun. <laughs>
0: It doesn't sound fun if it wasn't so he wasn't so dangerous. But I mean being lots of people are odd and awkward. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, just thinking yeah. of that that sketch that sketch on Black Lady Sketch Show with um Bob the drag queen at this like regular schmegular <laughs> degular ball. And um one of the categories is awkward in the body and <laughs> He goes, uh, he's giving examples in this, this one girl's performing, doing her ballroom thing. And, uh, she, it's like, uh, she just, um, uh, the waiter, the waiter, she's eating at a restaurant and the waiter said, enjoy your meal. And this bitch said, you too you too bitch he's at work he is not eating and that's what it's like to be awkward you know what i mean anyway but not like philip Uh, so anyway he caused a lot of trouble in his neighborhood but people were afraid of him so they just didn't complain now during this time a small tumor had begun growing on the back of onyancha's head eventually it grew to the size of a small orange like one of those cuties you get to yeah. the grocery yeah.
1: <laughs> he had a cutie on the back he had a of his cutie head. Cutie on the back of his head. Okay, <laughs> sounds so harmless, but boy oh boy, stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> On May 30th, 2008, Jacqueline Chepnagedich masoy was murdered in Nairobi. Then on November 2nd, 2008, Catherine Chalangat, a 32-year-old mother of one, disappeared. Anyancha would later tell police that he had a, quote, magic touch and was able to lure women to private locations where he would murder them before drinking some of their blood.
0: Usually a magic touch is a good thing in which people yeah. don't die. Uh, <laughs> and there's also, no
1: drinking of blood. There's no
0: <laughs> drinking of blood. Also rest in power to those queens. Yeah. Um, their blood, he said, fueled these supernatural powers of his, which then inspired him to kill again. Anyata said that he belonged to a cult, which he had been forced into against his will. And that people he killed were sacrifices as part of a cult ritual. So uh,
1: let's move on further into the timeline. Uh, Hit it, Beth. In June of 2009, Samuel Wanyanyi went missing in Nairobi. Samuel had moved to Nairobi to live with his aunt because he was attending a prestigious school in the region. But only three months after he moved to Nairobi, Samuel went missing.
0: Three days after Samuel disappeared, a note was left on the doorstep of his aunt's home. The note demanded 40,000 shillings to be sent to a phone number through M-PESA, the same money transfer program used in Catherine Chelengat's case. They also began receiving harassing phone calls, demanding payment of the ransom.
1: The family of Samuel did not have the money to pay the ransom. A second letter arrived at their Nairobi home, along with some items of Samuel's clothing that he'd been wearing when he went missing. That's uh, awful.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The ransom
1: had been reduced to 10,000 shillings, but the family still couldn't pay it the letters and harassing phone calls then stopped.
0: Oh, boy. Now, during the stressful time for the family of Samuel, Anyancha had been helping out with the neighborhood searches for Samuel. No, I hate it when they do this. It's so (laughs) diabolical. I know. Um, And offering to help organize the volunteers looking for the boy. He even had the audacity to tell Samuel's family that the handwriting on ransom letters looked like that of a female. Now, fuck you philip yeah. <laughs> uh i i i i find myself wishing um i wish that this individual just didn't do it just is torment
1: for the family yeah. it just
0: makes it 10 times a million yeah. times worse it's pretty fucked
1: up yeah, yeah. in 2010 Anyanche's attendance record at work began to deteriorate he was noted as being absent or missing from his post on multiple occasions He was eventually fired from his job in March of 2010 due to multiple unexcused absences.
0: During this time, eight sex workers were reported murdered in the town of Thika. Unfortunately, we only know the particulars of a few of the victims. In January of 2010, the body of a sex worker named Helen Nyambura was found in a room at the Rambogo Bar and Restaurant, which is also a hotel and known for sex work. Her body had been left there for several days.
1: It would later be learned that Anyancha went back to the room to look at her body almost a dozen (gasps) times before it was finally discovered. Oh
0: my God, Santa Maria, (laughs) this guy is the worst. Sorry.
1: (laughs) When Helen's body was discovered, Anyancha was part of the crowd gathered outside to watch the police remove it from the hotel. Police originally believed that she died of an epileptic seizure.
0: Hmm. On the night of February 2nd, 2010, Jacqueline Wambui, 25, met a client and went to a hotel called the Suitable Lodge House in the Red Light District. The Suitable Lodge House was also a hotel associated with sex work. Jacqueline's body was found the next day naked and with her neck broken.
1: Police in Thika had no leads on the random murders of eight sex workers. They were able to trace the victims' activities back to particular places and times, but had no leads on any perpetrators, so there was little for detectives to do.
0: Also murdered at some point between 2008 and 2010 were Metan Barasa, who was nine years old, and Mercy Chepkirui, 22. We unfortunately do not have details about their murders. Or their lives. Right. But rest in power, y'all.
1: On April 14th, 2010, a nine-year-old boy, although some sources say he was 14, named Anthony Njirwa Miruri, went missing from his family's neighborhood of Dagoretti, which is a western suburb of Nairobi. A note arrived at the home of his family several weeks later. The note demanded an amount to be paid in ransom for the safe return of Anthony. Anthony's family paid the ransom, which was again sent through M-PESA.
0: So, now we're going to get into the investigation and the arrest. Now, unbeknownst to the kidnapper, the money was being tracked through the M Pesa program by police. All right, here we go. When they found a suspect, they were then able to determine that a handwritten ransom note left at the scene of the abduction was written by him. The suspect was Philip Onyancha. And on June 5th, 2010, he was arrested. Woo! Woo! Hello. Hip hop air horns. Yes. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> <laughs> 1-800-JUSTICE.
1: <laughs> Following his arrest, Onyancha confessed to killing approximately 18 people, all of them women and children whom Philip said were targeted because they were weak and vulnerable. He said he'd been killing since 2007, that he killed every time his former employer, G4S, transferred him, and he killed on every June 6th for some hmm. reason. Anjanja later said he confessed because there was nothing else to do after having been caught.
0: Well, (laughs) I mean, he could get caught. He could do interviews, write books or I don't know if if there's laws about him not profiting from. I'm
1: glad he confessed.
0: Yes. And two sex workers in Thika who had been attacked but not killed identified Onyancha as the man that they narrowly escaped at the suitable lodging house, the same hotel where Mambui was murdered. Now, according to one of the women, he kept on placing his hands around my neck, holding tight,
1: and I struggled to get them off. Then I jumped out of bed and ran out of the room. Anyancha confessed to killing Anthony Mururi, Jacqueline Misoy, Catherine Chilangat, Helen Nyambora, Jacqueline Wambui, and Mercy Chipkouriri. He also confessed to kidnapping and killing Maiten Baraza. Onyancha described killing victims and
0: leaving their bodies in isolated, undisturbed areas. Investigators took Onyancha around Kenya, where he led them to his crime scenes. He claimed to recall each crime as if it had just happened. He strangled all his victims. He claimed and did not sexually abuse them.
1: From the video footage, he can be seen enthusiastically, leading the detectives and excitedly explaining his murders. He can also Hmm. be seen smiling and even waving to the cameras in some instances even when in court
0: why are you smiling <laughs> and enthusiasm is appropriate uh, in so many instances not this not one this one yeah um onyancha <laughs> led police to a home where he had worked as a security guard in an attic police found the bones of a young woman onyancha had seen her on the street while he was working and just decided to kill
1: her mm. <laughs> The decomposed body of 32-year-old Catherine Chillingott was also found two years after her death at the Nairobi Water and Sewerage Company offices in Karan in an exposed sewer drain.
0: Onyancha also led police to the site where Anthony Muir Uri's decomposed remains were found near the Lenana school because of the state of the decomposition it was determined that the boy had probably been killed shortly after he had been abducted onyancha claimed that the boy had been drugged and then left in a thicket to die
1: Anyancha told officers that he had not acted alone in the kidnapping, but actually worked with two other men named Douglas McCorry and Tobias Arad. Anthony was allegedly held at Arad's house in Guer and was later ferried in Macquarie's car. Onyancha lured the boy's father to send the ransom money by using Anthony's T-shirt as proof that he had the boy.
0: The ransom letter left at the boy's home aided in the case against Onyancha as they were able to match the handwriting. The letter had instructions on how the father would call a certain number. And once he did, he would be given a different number where he would send the money. That number was traced to Onyancha.
1: During his confession, Anyancha described how his crimes originated from his time at Kenyatta Mahiga High School. He claimed that a female teacher named Elizabeth Wambui Kimani had recruited him into a murderous cult. And Mm. once initiated into the cult, he was supposed to kill 100 people. (sighs) This (laughs) cult stuff.
0: Uh, Uh, cult, cults, cults fall under the true crime genre, right? And yeah. uh, this summer, I think I watched, maybe it was a few summers ago, were they dressed in red and they lived in Oregon? And <laughs> do you remember that one? Uh, the Roshnish. Wild, wild, wild country. Wild country, yes. Yeah. And people they interviewed were like, nobody sets out to join a cult, right? You join an right. organization that you think is a good thing. However, if Elizabeth sold this cult... <laughs> Like in the brochure, you have to kill 100 people. I mean, that's a red flag, right? That's
1: an immediate turn off yeah. Hell you yeah. Think.
0: yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, if he did that, he said he would be rewarded with great wealth. As part of the cult's practices, after killing each of his victims, he had to drink blood from their bodies. Again, if it was in the brochure... Uh, not sure i joined joined that one. A yeah. pass, hard pass, usually <laughs> from their necks. Despite claiming to have never met any other members of the cult, <laughs> another <laughs> red flag! onyancha <laughs> alleged that Tobias Arad and Douglas Macquarie were accomplices in the kidnappings, and they also were arrested.
1: Investigators then began looking into the cult allegations made by onyancha Since he claimed that he never met any of the other cult members, police began looking for the woman that onyancha alleged... Had initiated him into the cult. Elizabeth Wamboi Kamani, the teacher at his high school.
0: Okay. Now, Elizabeth Wambui Kimani taught Christian religious education <laughs> classes during onyanta's first few years at Kenyatta Mahiga High School between 1995 and 1997. She was later transferred to Thika, where she taught at Karuri High School from 1998 to 2002. Uh, she was 40 years old when she was arrested in June of
1: 2010. She was held in custody for two weeks before actually being charged with any crime. Crimes. Then on June 24th, 2010, she was charged with administering an unlawful oath hmm? to Philip Onyancha at Kenyatta Mahiga High School in 1996, allegedly binding him to commit murder when called upon to do so.
0: Administering an unlawful oath. Yeah,
1: that, that's... A- that, uh, A crime I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, I'm
0: fascinated.
1: <laughs> that seems fishy. <laughs> uh, doesn't it though? Yeah. Um,
0: but also didn't they, they kept her for weeks? Yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. interesting because so whenever I'm talking to my mom, after something bad happens in the United States, I'm like, sometimes, I, I feel like black people are in an abusive relationship with the United States. And so right. it, sometimes I'm like, God, I just want to go somewhere else. I just want to, yeah. an, another country where we don't have to deal with this bullshit. And my mom's always like, you know, it's pretty great here. You know, you get <laughs> you get rights if you get arrested. Yeah. You know, uh, we have the the rule you can't be held for more than forty eight hours or twenty four hours or something like that without, without being charged. Yeah. Being charged, and you have to be charged with something le- legitimate. Legit.
1: And I not don't like think an unlawful unlawful oath administration. Unlawful <laughs> administration.
0: Exactly. Is one like, of those
1: things. What fourteen years player. <laughs>
0: exactly. So mom, you win this round. Anyway, Onyancha said that his teacher developed an unusual liking towards him in his early years at the school. He claims Wambui could invite him over to her house and offer him food and drinks, which were mixed with some sort of concoction, insinuating that he was drugged.
1: During one of these encounters, he claimed while he was in a dulled state, Elizabeth had cut his chest, took some of his blood, and then applied a black powder to the wound. After this incident, Onyancha alleges that Elizabeth Wambui was able to take control of him through black magic rituals. Whoa! (laughs) Wow! He claimed that he lost control of his actions and would sneak out of school and do things on the teacher's instructions.
0: Wow. Interesting. (laughs) Um, now I, I don't know if I was just going to say the black magic rituals, Africa, countries in Africa have been around for millennia, right? That's where we all essentially came from. So religious rituals and practices are beyond comprehension for my little American, uh, (laughs) mind. Um, but I just, I, I am curious about, that kind of stuff. Those I think kind really of rituals. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no further details. Gone with the story. Onyancha said that these powers developed fully between the years of 1998 and 2006. These powers developed. Okay. The teacher then began appearing to him in dreams. He claimed that in 2006, the teacher appeared to him in his sleep. How dare she? How? Yes. <laughs> uh, and instructed him. And she came with instructions to... <laughs> when he was to start using his powers and how to do so and then she was able to force him to kill and told him that he needed to kill at least 100 people 100 people before he could be (laughs) fully integrated into the cult um wow
1: Wow, did i ever tell you the story about my daughter she had a dream that her husband cheated on her
0: uh oh, what happened after that <laughs> you know, when she we, woke up? We
1: always have these dreams, you know. <laughs> what so happened? She, she woke up <laughs> and she was mad at him. Oh my goodness. She kept calling him a dream cheater. Uh, <laughs> and then that, she, throughout the day, she'd look at him and go, dream cheater. <laughs> Has she had dreams like that before? I don't know.
0: That is so funny. I thought it was funny. Don't yeah. It's funny don't how your you dreams cheat on cheat on me in my dream. Dream cheater. I feel like that should be on a t-shirt. Uh, but I think that that is also an interesting element to the story. I am jealous. They're in in my cultures african-american and central american there are people who um have the gift of dreams and visions and have seen people like deceased family members and stuff like that in their dreams um and i've just been so jealous of that ability so i don't think this is totally you know bullshit uh i i I think it's okay. totally possible that okay. he had this dream and like I said I'm jealous of that aspect. Not
1: jealous of the murder part. Right, right. Anyway, back to the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. He claimed that he then felt a powerful and unstoppable urge to kill. Mm. He said he derived pleasure from strangling victims and drinking their blood. Their blood, he said, fueled him and gave mm. him supernatural abilities that allowed him to subdue victims much more easily in the future. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that you, Count Dracula? <laughs> Can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street?
1: If only hey, that was the only problem in this story. Yeah, I don't know how to get to Sesame Street. <laughs> they never tell you in the song how no. to get there. No, nope, anyway, going to find it. Never. Anyancha denied raping the victims before killing them, stating that his mission was only to drink blood. And murder.
0: And murder, right? Well, you got to activate those powers, right? You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Uh, so, uh, Nyanta's wife, Lydia, later told a reporter that she knew something was wrong when police came to their home and picked up onyancha on for an interview, but she thought it was a work-related matter. Until the next day, when she saw the news, the couple. <laughs> Can son... you imagine?
1: No. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Seeing I... that on the news, like, knew. they come pick up your husband, and the next day, you see on the news that he's a serial killer. Yeah.
0: No, oh, I don't even know. She must have been fucking furious. uh Just aruga, smoke
1: coming out of the ears. Aruga. Flames coming out of her head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh the couple's son was just two and a half years old at the time of Anyanta's arrest. Oh,
1: that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Not go. so funny. Yeah. Angry mobs followed the police around and gathered at each crime scene. In some of the cases, onlookers threatened Onyancha with violence, even brandishing weapons or nooses. As the news began to spread, Lydia was forced to take her son and leave out of fear of retribution.
0: Yeah, um, we've talked about this before the wake that's left by these um, fuckers that we cover yeah. Um, yeah. is the victims are, are are the dead, but also the people who survive, including family members of the perpetrators. Right. Right. She uh, she left for her family village in Western Kenya just hours before an angry mob stormed into the Onyancha home. Oh my gosh, and threatened to burn it down. Police got there in time to stop the mob from burning down the house, but Lydia never came back. Could you blame her?
1: No, Jeez. not at all. No. Yeah. She later said, I feel sadder for the families of the victims. I keep praying to God to console them, and I apologize on his behalf to all of them.
0: Mm. Wow. It was noted that Onyancha had a large tumor on the back of his head, which led to people to question his mental health. But at least one doctor, Dr. Jay Njiao, the Rift Valley provincial psychiatrist who examined him in June of 2010, said that he was of sound mind, is accountable for his actions and should face justice. Come play with us. Now we're going to get into the trial.
1: Elizabeth Wimbui denied any of the events that Onyancha described ever occurred. Mm. During interviews with investigators, she denied even knowing Philip Onyancha, but police were (laughs) able to connect them together through their time at Kenyatta Mihaga High School, which, you know, she... She was a teacher there at the same time he was there. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe she didn't know him. Maybe she didn't remember him. Maybe she did know him. Maybe Mm. this shit all happened. But just because she denied knowing him, I don't think that means anything in particular.
0: Maybe, maybe. It would be weird though. Why would, he, why would he implicate her? Just pull I don't know. her name out of a hat. Uh, you know what? He doesn't really care about women. That's clear. Yeah, that's <laughs> so clear. Maybe he thought he could drag her in, drag her down because he yeah. had no regard for female lives or the lives of small children. He told us himself. Yes, yes. Um, I, <laughs> So I was going to say, maybe he, she, he, it's like Mariah Carey in J-Lo. Mariah Carey always says, I don't know her about J-Lo when there is evidence that they have talked to each other, at least. Why would she say that? The shade of it all. Anyway, back to the story. For the next year, Elizabeth Wambui remained in custody, awaiting trial for a whole fucking year. Um, And if what I said was correct, that he was just trying to drag her down and fuck her up. uh, Yeah that is terrible so yeah. her trial was set to begin in september of 2011 but then onyancha testified that his prior claims about elizabeth wambui were false and elizabeth wambui was acquitted ha ha three snaps in a z formation ha ha Lock him up and throw away the key.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Wambui's acquittal was a setback for prosecutors who were hoping a guilty verdict against her would bolster their case against Anyancha. But they were still hoping to go to trial with their case against Anyancha and his quote unquote accomplices. The two dudes remaining, right. right?
0: So the investigation would carry on for several years, however, as they were looking for at least 18 murder cases, which included other charges as well, such as kidnapping and sexual assault. The case also spanned throughout Kenya, including the cities of Nyeri, Nakura, Tika, and
1: Nairobi. The victims included Catherine Chilangat, Jacqueline Wambui, Helen Nyambura, Anthony Najura, Muirori, Mercy Chepkirui and Metin Baraza. They Other eat. victims, including some bodies that Anyancha had led investigators to, remained nameless, their identities unknown.
0: Philip Onyancha stood trial in Kibera Court in 2010, but for an entirely different case. Whoa! uh, (laughs) Surprise! Turn of events. (laughs) Surprise twist. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There, he was charged with attempted rape and assault of a woman in Nairobi, unrelated to the murder charges. Uh, He was found guilty and sentenced to 12 years in prison, which he would serve in committee maximum security prison. Shortly after his conviction, he had surgery to Move the tumor from the back of his skull. Bye, cutie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also in 2010, Anyancha's mental health became the subject of a court case. If he was deemed mentally unfit to stay on trial, they would have to try him under a different set of laws. So they called in psychologists and mental health experts to evaluate him. The defense tried to have him ruled mentally unfit, but the judge wasn't having it.
0: Mm, Now, on April 14th, 2014, Onyancha, together with his co-accused Tobias Arad and Douglas Macquarie, entered a not guilty plea in their upcoming trial. The same year uh, saw another round of mental evaluations, which ruled that Philip Onyancha remained a threat and would likely re-offend if he were to be released from prison.
1: In 2017, a prosecutor urged a high court judge to make a special ruling in the case and ordered Philip Banyancha jailed at the, quote, pleasure of the president, unquote. Mm -hmm. This would keep him behind bars until state experts could rule him sound of mind. This petition was inspired by three separate psychiatric examinations, which found him likely to commit similar offenses should he ever be released. Mm
0: Okay, the director of public prosecutions, said Onyacha should never be released. Never, ever, 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 ever be released as he (laughs) is a danger to the public and He should not be released. I'm going to say it again. He should not be released. It looks like the statement has it several times. The accused is likely to commit similar offenses, mostly targeting women. According to the prosecutor, Mr. Onyancha is a dangerous person, but needs help. He told the court that there were three psychiatric examination reports filed in court, and one of them, by Dr. Owiti, noted that Dr. Dr. Onyansha, this man is not a doctor, Mr. Onyancha is likely to commit similar
1: offenses. In 2018, High Court Justice James Wakiaga ordered a brand new trial for Philip Onyancha ruling that the previous hearings against him, in which the courts had ruled on his mental health and even his 2010 conviction for sexual assault, were mistrials. No! Yeah. Whoa, no! Yep. Yep.
0: No, did not see that coming. There are a lot of of twists twists in this story. Now, uh, Justice Wakiaga stated that Philip Onyancha should have been tried under a section of the law that dealt directly with those who were suffering from mental illness. The justice also found that the prosecution had, over the years, tried to suppress mental health findings. That's that's not cool.
1: No. In his ruling in 2018, the judge ordered the case against Onyancha to start afresh because new medical reports from from two separate doctors show he is now mentally fit to stand trial. We did not see that a trial has been scheduled, however. So uh, it's been 11 years Mm -hmm. now. A uh, long-ass
0: time for murder.
1: Yeah, he's been in jail, but he has not been found guilty yet, although he confessed. Sure.
0: Um, So uh, (laughs) there was a racist person who was... uh, was murdered in jail. A man who committed a hate crime and murdered okay. a person of color. And I saw a like really fucked up post about how like happy they were to see this terrible person get killed right. by his cellmate. For <laughs> but I I had to I had a hard time. Also not being joyful. All I'm saying is, (laughs) what if, what if, what if if something goes wrong in the mess hall or something, you know, things happen? Yeah, things do happen in prison. Uh, Anyway, where are they now?
1: Well, Beth? Well, we don't know what happened to Tobias Arad and Douglas McCory. If they're still in jail or they were released or or if they're being charged Mm -hmm. or what. Yeah, We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyancho is still imprisoned at Committee Maximin Prison. He claims to have been born again. And in a graduation video, he can be seen smiling wow. as he speaks about how he should not be feared because mm. of his murders and that he is no longer that person, having been saved by Jesus.
0: Wait a minute. This <laughs> sounds fishy. <laughs> because... It's like he just uh, goes to any shiny idol in front of him with the right. cult, and now right. Jesus, come yeah. on, now Jesus been there the whole time, and you just barely <laughs> found him in prison. Get out of here! Now during an interview, Onyanta said, "I am a different person now. I'm very busy during the day. I take care of bookkeeping at the prison record office, and I also double up as a preacher. No, no, that's a sermon I don't need." <laughs>
1: He claimed that he was made into a serial killer, not born one. And he asked for forgiveness from the victim's families because it was not his fault.
0: What now? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't me. Saw me murder on the counter. Wasn't me. Saw me murder in the shower. Wasn't me. Even coming on camera.
1: Wasn't me. (laughs)
0: but it was it was
1: it was a cutie on the back of my head <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> talking to me or something <laughs> he also said that he never drank the blood of his victims as had been reported which he was the one who said he did it so i don't know
0: hmm. Okay, Philip. Uh, he claimed that he would never do it again because it was the spirits, quote unquote, in him who performed those actions. And he was told by the cult that if he ever confessed to what he did, he would lose the spirits and all of his powers. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just the idea of getting powers yeah. is so. Uh, wild to me like and you would believe that you would have such a these thing yeah, yeah yeah like I read the secret I thought I could manifest like a new big house <laughs> and you know <laughs> fat bank account guess what didn't happen yet
1: yeah but now, it happened for the, the people who wrote the book right
0: yeah it because
1: did. people paid them yeah <laughs> He's in a cult of one. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) He said, "quote I feel relieved. I am happy to have confessed all this. It was troubling."
0: (laughs) Okay, uh, but he just said
1: (laughs) it wasn't his fault. Come on, man. (laughs) It was not my wish to do these evils. I know it's a crime to kill, and it's against the Ten Commandments of God. But you see, I was not myself.
0: Okay, (laughs) I was not myself. Uh, Now, Onyancha also claimed that his stay in prison was safer compared to life outside the prison because his cult members want him dead because he exposed them. (laughs) However, he did attempt to get bail in 2018 when the mistrials were declared. And guess what? He was denied. (laughs) So (laughs) now we're going to get into what we think made Onyancha snap. What do you got?
1: Well, I I don't know. Uh, yeah. This is just speculation, but yeah. I think he was just a regular schmegular dagular old serial killer with a little kidnapping con going on the side.
0: Mm, okay, and it's okay. possible
1: that the tumor was a factor, but um, everything I read indicated that it was growing on his head. Uh, so I don't oh, know not if it actually under the skull, right? Okay. As far as I know, it didn't actually go into his skull or his brain. It was just on the skin. So I don't think that would actually be it. Um, At one point, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, I assume because he was hearing voices. Uh But I don't know if he was actually hearing voices or if he made that all up uh, to Mm -hmm. blame the teacher. And it seemed like he was doing everything he could to blame everybody else. Uh, That's in- a big
0: in- <laughs> swing. <laughs> including his dreams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> big swing. You know how you make stuff up when you're a kid? Like, yeah. uh, my doggie, my homework. But to exactly. claim you heard
1: voices is yeah
0: gone too far
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and s- similar with the cult um there's no evidence that there was a cult yeah um so was there a cult did he make mm. that up yeah did his you know did he really have schizophrenia and he thought there was a cult i don't know
0: oh. i tend to think
1: that he made everything up but yeah. that's also because i don't trust anybody you got
0: you got a very sharp <laughs> bullshit meter so if that's what Beth says you know what i'm gonna stop the recording because this episode is over now Two tips. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) So he did report being sexually molested when he was a child and something like that uh, would probably be a factor um Mm -hmm. and something seemed to happen to him during his second year of high school and Mm -hmm. i don't know what that was if it was the teacher maybe she sexually molested him Mm. or or maybe there was some mental illness that manifested at that time or or maybe both i don't know yeah Um, yeah but it it does bother me that he never took any responsibility for anything that he did blaming it on evil spirits and whatnot Yeah. But I also think that given the culture, this was probably a much more palatable defense in Kenya Uh and more believable. And maybe it's something that he was more ready to believe rather than thinking that he had schizophrenia, you know. Maybe he thought it was spirits instead of schizophrenia. I don't know. Yeah. But uh interesting
0: take i like
1: that Ooh,
0: i like what you're (laughs) serving beth
1: a bunch of speculation really Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) how about you what do you think
0: um well i agree with you uh that uh it it, uh it seems to me that he hated women um Mm -hmm. he admitted you know uh he went after them because they were easy targets and children weak as well. and vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, which made me angry when I read it the first time. Yeah. Like, how dare he yeah Uh, you know and uh I thought that the tumor might have made it do it but the fact that it was uh not in the on the actual brain uh as far as we know yeah yeah, as far as we know um I was thinking that his behavior you're right his behavior seemed to change like at some very specific point when he was in school Right. and think i think he was in a cult of one um <laughs> i i do not buy any of that he's like a, a really good storyteller or liar yeah and i don't really know if that liar. Makes, <laughs> makes him a psychopath um i don't uh, know if he can have psychopathy and schizophrenia at the same time uh can you beth tell me OG. Oh, uh, you know please. i
1: don't i don't know but i would think so
0: OK, I bet well, that's, great.
1: I'm just that's, that's a stab in the dark. I, I don't see why it's not possible.
0: OK, and uh, his body count is uh, remarkable. Our hearts go out to the survivors, and I feel the worst for those little kids. Yeah. Um. But it sounds if the story we told about his upbringing is correct, and yeah. he was abused, then I also think you could show compassion for the per- the young man that he was at one point. Um. That person no longer right. exists, obviously. Right. But, um. I I don't think that that's unfair. Right. So,
1: um. Anything else
0: you thought was interesting?
1: Yeah. Um, I just thought the whole uh, thing about the uh, cult and the uh, devil worship and stuff like that was, was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, and if you want more information, check our sources. Yeah.
2: We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3 a.m., the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go.
0: Now we are going to get into how not to get murdered. So, if you love true crime and you don't want to die, here's a
1: tip for you. (laughs) (laughs) This segment is not intended to be victim-blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. This is not meant to blame the victims. It's just learning from other people's experiences. Sometimes we have no suggestions for a particular episode, and we'll just offer up generic tips. All right. What do you got, Beth? So this tip is actually about how not to create a murderer. Whoa.
0: All right, Sakatumi. Remember that hit Netflix show The Making of a Murderer? So making this is this is reversing that. yes
1: Okay. Uh, the Not Making of a Murderer. Yes. Okay,
0: got you. I feel you. Okay, let's 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 get it.
1: <laughs> so some kids present challenges to parents. Uh surprise surprise, they're not all the same.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're telling me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to Yeah, yeah I get it. My grandson, for example, he has some behavioral issues which Mm -hmm. has been a struggle for my daughter. And Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned before that he was diagnosed with autism. Mm. And sometimes he has issues dealing with things like too much coming at him at once, that kind Uh of thing. And he'll just have a meltdown.
0: Shout out to our neurodivergent fam out there.
1: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So first I want all parents to realize that just because a kid is having a meltdown or throwing a fit, that doesn't make the kid bad or the parent a bad parent. Right. You don't know what these folks are going through, so try not to make snap judgments about behavior and parenting. Mm. Instead of giving mom the stink eye, maybe ask if you can do anything to help or just <gasps> give her an encouraging smile. Because. My daughter talked about one time when my grandson was throwing a fit in the, in the store, which she was just so embarrassed and a lady just smiled at her and, uh, nodded like, I, I know what you're going through and, and that made, made a world of difference to her. Yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I came across this article about defiant children and how to deal with them. And I thought I'd share. Defiant right. children aren't bad. They just have a different set of needs. And I'm not an expert, but depending on how they are treated, defiant kids can, be, can become worse. Um, like they don't respond to the same things that, uh, other kids do. Mm. Um, and they can, if you treat them the same as you treat other kids, uh, they can have a lot of trouble when they get older. Mm. So imagine if all of the feedback you got was negative, and that you were constantly told that you're bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that that really affects you mm-hmm. as yeah. you get as you get older. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. I found some tips for dealing with defiant kids and I thought I'd share them. Sa- share some of them with you. I won't share all of them, but you okay. can find find the rest in our show notes. Awesome. All of the following tips are based on the principle that attention to bad behavior increases bad behavior. This includes yelling, lecturing, scolding, spanking, and punishing as they are all forms of negative attention, while attention to good behavior increases good behavior. So, Number one is notice good behavior and give attention to it. Anything you see that you want to happen more often, let mm-hmm. the child know you like it. Say, you guys are doing so well playing together today, that's great. Then go over and touch the child affectionately or give a high five. Um, And that will make it happen more often.
0: Oh, good. Okay.
1: Positive attention to good behavior can be a smile, a touch or praise or all three, but do it right away and be specific about what the child did right every time. Great job. Taking your dishes to the sink works better than great job.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Instead
1: of saying stop or don't when you see bad behavior, find the positive opposite. Figure out what you do want the child to do instead. So Mm -hmm. don't leave your socks on the floor becomes please put your socks in the hamper. If they comply, remember to praise them. Wow, you did what I asked. You put your socks (sighs) in the hamper. Yay. (laughs) You will have to say stop and don't once in a while. That's normal. But you will have to say it much less if you're praising the positive opposite. Mm. Enthusiasm counts. Let Mm -hmm. them see how happy you are with their good behavior. All right. Okay. Your goal in a tantrum is to get past it. Stay calm yourself. Model that behavior and your Mm. child will calm down faster. So, okay. like, if the kid's having a tantrum and you're throwing a fit, too, that, that just doesn't help.
0: <laughs> mm, yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> when you must punish, make it brief and don't delay it. Okay. Don't add punishment if the child complains. If they can't or won't do timeout, take away a toy or a privilege for a specified period of time. Mm-hmm. Longer and harsher punishment doesn't make it more effective. It just, the kid just thinks you're an asshole.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you beth you're welcome and there's a there's a lot more just check out our show notes and uh good luck <laughs>
0: yeah no i appreciate that
1: that's a really good way i think to foster
0: a uh, good things in, yes. in in young people and avoid trauma exactly then eventually we'll we'll instead of asking oprah has this new book out called um, what happened to you? And when it comes to bad, be- somebody behaving badly or mm-hmm. doing something inappropriate, the, our first instinct is to be like, "Why are you doing that? What's no, wrong with stop you?" It. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. she, she's like, "We got to start asking what happened to you, and and figure out a way to help." Yeah, um, yeah, So
1: I haven't read the book. I just, if Oprah said it, I'm sure it works. Uh, and or Beth- as they say on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, "What's your childhood trauma?"
0: Oh, yes, I love that. I love that. Thank you for reminding me of You're the welcome. wonder that is Buffy. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, now we're going to hit up the shout out portion of our show where we shout out any true crime goodies or any content by marginalized or othered groups. All right. Um, I just wanted to shout out a show on Peacock, and Peacock is free, y'all. Uh, it's called Rutherford Falls, and it stars Ed Helms, remember him from The Office, and Jana Schmeening. A Lakota woman. Oh. Um, plus, the writer's room is 50% indigenous. Oh, y'all. wow. That's yes, awesome. No, hang on a second. I have to do something.
1: Right on. Yeah,
0: fifty percent. That in that has not been done. Yeah, that's in unprecedented in the history of yeah. American television. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, Ed Helms was talking about how it was just an honor for him to be like this white guy on the show because he says white men who have woken up to how he's one of those white men who's woken up to how significant and valuable representation and diversity are. And he believes Mm. the show is excellent because of it. I agree. So go watch it, support these Brown creators. Um, It's a show about two lifelong best friends, Nathan Rutherford and Reagan Wells, and they find themselves at a crossroads quite literally. And when their sleepy town gets an unexpected wake up call. Uh, (laughs) So it's very funny. And Um, uh, definitely check go check out. it out yes yeah i like funny yes me too please give me more uh now what do you got beth
1: so i wanted to shout out a show i uh came across on paramount plus uh-huh. uh which it, it used to be cbs all access and so now they're calling oh, it paramount plus Oh, okay yeah okay it's called murder in the thirst
0: hello hello <laughs> I could get with that.
1: Yeah, it's originally from BET. Shut and up. you're watching yeah. a BET show? I am. This white lady does it every time.
0: I, my seat just blew away from my ass. You just blew me out of my seat, Beth.
1: Wow. Wow. So, so if you like shows like Deadly Women and Snapped, uh-huh. this one's for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I sometimes like those shows because they get a little sassy, a little yeah, yeah, snarky, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. more stylized and lighthearted, but yeah. sometimes that's just what I want. It's a little candy, you Fun know. Fun murder, <laughs> Yeah. So it's hosted by Lisa Ray?
0: Yes.
1: Murder in the Thirst explores scandalous and shocking true crime stories involving people of color.
0: Awesome. I cannot wait to start watching this. I also love uh Lisa Ray and I'm going to be honest with you, black people, she is the original diamond from the Players Club. Hello. Nice. Uh, hello somebody. <laughs> okay. Uh so I think there is great um great reverence for for her for her uh, yeah. as an actress and on tv screen so that right sounds on. awesome well that's all for today this has been so much fun Beth. yeah um but until next time where can the people find us
1: Our website is FruitLoopsPod.com. Our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod. And our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. Mm. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod. And links to our sources will be in our footnotes. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash App. Just Google Fruit Loops Pod Cash App. Or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no commitment. Even a dollar would help. And as always, we have merch for sale on our website.
0: Yes, this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.
2: On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.